Welcome to the Training Ground Guru podcast in association with Huddle. In every episode, we bring you insights into the teams behind the teams in professional football. Coming up on today's episode. I believe that football is about honor because how can I inspire Mo Salah, no? After how many games that that? But I put Mo Salah in the identity game and I tell Mo, you pick six players. And then I say to Trent, you pick six players. And then and I say to Virgil, you pick six players. And we play 77 identity game. You know how it goes. You know how it goes. <laughs> they train with a knife between the teeth. I'm Simon Austin from Training Ground Guru, and our guest on this week's episode is Pepin Linders. Pep is the assistant manager of Liverpool and has been described as unique by boss Jurgen Klopp. I went to visit Pep at Liverpool's AXA training centre ahead of the start of the Premier League season. We talked about his coaching methods, his journey through football and his recent book Intensity, which chronicles the 2021-22 season. Here's part one with part two out next week. If you enjoy what you hear, please give us a follow via your podcast provider. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast, Pep. Nah, really cool. I really look forward to it. It's, it's nice that it's 1v1. <laughs> Normally with the laptop because of the COVID uh, pass, uh, it's, uh, it's nice that we can do these things looking each other in the eye, no? Yeah. We're here at the AXA Training Centre today. How are your pre-season preparations going? You've just got a few days left now before your first yeah. game. Yeah, you feel, huh? you feel that uh, the first game of the competition is here. We just came back from our commercial tour so in Singapore. Um, and uh, it's, it's um, when the seasons, uh, when you're in a season, you play so many games. It's not, not last year, but the year before. And, and uh, you always have to achieve certain levels to beat the opposition. We all know how tough the Premier League is, the tough, how tough the Champions League is, how tough how we saw the cup competitions at that time with the League Cup and the FA Cup where we went both to win it. Uh, so it's, um, the season becomes longer, more games. Each game feels like a final. Each game feels like a must win because of the... Um, uh, Champions League is clear, of course, FK, FA Cup is clear, League Cup is clear, but also for the Premier League because you're competing, you were competing with City. It's, uh, so you need to win, so uh, uh, every game was a final and then you go in a really um, short pre-season and this, this pre-season felt finally that we had our players for five, six weeks together. We all know, not sure, from a reset point of view, from uh, introducing new ideas, from... Uh, uh, that the players can be together for a long time away from AXA where we are here. It's a brilliant place, of course, but you don't want to be there every single day. Yeah? And the players need to come with, with, uh, with a lot of uh, love or with a lot of um, appreciation to this building. So it's nice that we could go away um, and we had them 24 hours together for 12 days in Germany and we could really, really, we did even triple sessions, so it was, uh, was good, yeah. It was quite a different pre-season this year to last year, as you say, we're yeah. having that training camp in Germany. Mm. How important was that? Oh, it's massive. It's, uh, I feel that, um, that uh, the team, not just in terms of idea or its mentality or its, its, its hunger, or all these things, but they grow as a group and uh, especially when players leave, 
new players come in, uh, it's really important that um, that they all think at least in the same in the same way, you know. And uh, yeah, you can uh, you can work a lot of things, and that was nice. Yeah. And your book is called Intensity. Is that pre-season training camp very important to build the intensity yeah. and get the load in the players? Yeah, you build, but. Uh, because they come back, you build with uh, with short doses and long, uh, more rest in between. So, but uh, it's always with this idea, yeah, the full intensity. For example, today we play our counter press rondo. Um, three teams, they have to earn the right to <laughs> to keep the ball. It's the better they attack and keep the ball, the less they have to defend. But the ones in the middle, they they really need to try to catch the ball and then play with the team who who didn't lose it. So this constant chaos and uh, example we start in the preseason with uh, say two minutes and uh, one or one and a half minute rest real rest and then we go again and now you play eight nine ten minutes in a row so that's how we build it uh, in these five weeks and uh, today was a uh, so minus three before Chelsea and uh, yeah you see the you see the the timings the uh, how the players really find each other without looking um, um, how they deal with when we break line. It's it's just good. To, it's, you see that it's uh, you're close to competition. Yeah. And before we were recording, you were telling me about a training exercise you've done with different colour bibs. Do you mind sharing that again? I'm an open guy. I always was and I will be. And uh, I believe that uh, we all have responsibility to share. I think as coaches, it's really important. And I got inspired by a lot of people. <laughs> Luckily, I worked with a lot of good people and it made me who I am and uh, I'm never shy to share or to, uh, yeah, so we play today, I, uh, we like to work our block, our block means uh, seven players, so the four and the three, so last line plus the three midfielders, they have to close the center, they have to be able to help our front three, we call them the piano players, <laughs> the ones who touch and the other has to carry, it's Shankly. Who said uh, anyway? So the block needs to help the front three. And the front three is responsible for five or six players to chase, but they need to feel help from the seven behind them. If they feel the help and they feel that we're compact, then the moment they uh, they go and chase and they get a play, then one midfielder is there to help. Then they will go again. So th this idea is uh, important. So I like to work the block, or we like to work the block with seven or with eight, um, depending on which winger. Um, we want to drop in the defensive press. But I like as well that the offensive team, they play then with our structure, open play, uh, really focus on counter-pressing against the seven, attacking the goal. The seven, they just need to win the ball and try to find the three forwards. They are not defending, but uh, waiting. Uh, they are like uh, players who come alive. So, But I put the 10 in the back three and in, uh, in yellow bibs. Uh, the midfield four and a different color bit, but you can divide as well the 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 six and the ten on the same side in a different uh, in the same color, so you can even go with four different colors. So say Virgil, um, Ibu, and uh, Robo with yellow, then four midfielders, however you call the box, however you want to call it, but um, with uh, with orange and then the front three with green, and they can never play to the same color. So what you create, and that's why we did it today, is that uh, we want a real flexible build-up. So it makes already that if one centre-half cannot play to the other one, you need a six already given an angle to, to support. So it increases the concentration. And uh, well, like at the same time, we are working our midfield press with the block and really uh, 
putting pressure, finding a new block, ch chasing from the blind side, finding triggers, even with the seven, staying high. You work a lot of things with the last line, of course, but it increases the concentration because they're playing against 10. But the 10, you increase the concentration by, you cannot find the same play. And at the same time, you have to be, so example, we find Luis Diaz, but Luis Diaz cannot play to the striker. So you need already a eight or a fullback to go. So like this, you create uh, the outside triangles uh, flexibility, but also uh, in the team uh, flexibility, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So you, you've got a lot of movement between the lines, have yeah. you? And interchanging yeah. positions yeah. as well. Yeah, I love that. That's, uh, we feel that, um, so one of our main principles is that uh, counter-pressing, counter-pressing, how Jürgen says, it isn't a proposal, it's a law, that is what makes us us. It's the minus three today, so that's the main presence in this day. Uh, with counter-pressing comes protection. Protection means balance, no? How you balance the team, how you push, where you want players to push, which players they live up, how you want to defend that. And that organization is what we really train. Um, even uh, today, so the protection, the impulse, uh, the closest to play, the player who lose the ball, but also the ones who are closest that they go, that they, whatever position they are in, it could be a fullback, that they defend forward and really go, and that they, uh, and then we work on how do they make the last step, the last two meters of the press. We speak a lot about, you know, that uh, pressing doesn't work on 95%, it only works when you go 100%, this, this peak effort of, yeah, what is it, 10, 12, 15 meters to... Uh, and if they get outplayed at the next players, there are all these little things, it's it's on this day, and uh, I, I love it. And if you then increase the concentration with the offensive team, how they have to find the free player, how to create um, between the lines or create 1v1s one, one on the outside, yeah, that's... Uh, and how is counter-pressing different to pressing? Counter-pressing is the moment um, when you lose the ball. So it goes... Um, so you have the ball, uh, you want to, whatever you want to create with your team. Uh, but uh, the moment you lose the ball, is that moment, do you go back uh, to defend and uh, in a, a behind the ball? Do you want to play us like that? Or do you want to use that moment uh, to create and score? And uh, yeah, we, we want to play with a lot of offensive aggression. So um, it's one of the things we always say that the, the goals of pressing and the goals of counter-pressing in the end of the season makes a difference in points. If you win or if you lose, if you win the Champions League or you lose it, or you, you win the Premier League or you become second. And I really believe in that. So the counter-pressing is the moment when you play the true ball, the opposition wins it and you go and chase, you win the ball and you use that moment. How can I say? You use that moment to... Uh, to attack again because many times the opposition in these moments is not uh, well organized because they, they they were defending they win the ball they want to open up and that's the moment you win the ball but I believe that the mental part of it is much bigger because you want to play in the opposition half you want to stay there as long as possible as close as possible to the goals to the goal uh, because it gives our front three the chance to express them more often it, it empowers and it forces uh, the development you want from your individual players the more you have the ball the more you are in your position half and counter pressing is a big part of that to stay there and to use it and Jürgen calls it organized chaos because it's organized for us because we spend each day working on it the chaos is for the opposition because they want it and they see two or three players flying at them and uh, 
Um, yeah, you need to be fresh for that. You need you, the players need to feel free. So we always say, and today was a good example. You can see the game as uh, full of mistakes, and you can see the game of full of opportunities. So, example, you play the last pass and you miss it, and maybe it was not the right moment to have the true ball, but it's an unbelievable opportunity to counter press and use that moment. So we always train all these game moments at the same time because we want fluidity between them. We want them. Um, the team to move together to when we lose the ball that we are there that uh, that was a big I think uh, the big big change last year was the moment where we find balance balance again in our team when we put Trent to the inside and when Cody became as the nine as the extra player it mean, meant that we had players again in 50 meter space and it sounds ridiculous but yeah we found that at that moment is that quite a big change then tactically from the 433 that you had had before no not not because if you you, you read the book as well yes. uh, we we already stimulate with the outside triangle to have trent more often from the inside uh, uh, so he did that a lot but not as a um he he went on the half space position as well to interchange with Hando, but now we really uh, on the on the six, uh, so to create doubt for the opposition there, to to have our six more free. That Fabinho had somebody next to him who created this doubt, and yeah, we did. We wanted an extra player, but above all, we wanted Trent Alexander Arnold in the middle because we all know with from the inside he can go everywhere and even the shots from distance, or but he can uh, can. Uh, can find the forwards in a way nobody else can find. He plays the passes the forwards like to receive. Uh, I remember, uh, I remember the discussions before, and I said to you, Jürgen, please, but I will give all my salary of next year, all my salary if it doesn't work. But we have to try because this boy from the inside will be just and as a as a as a position. So that. Um, yeah, it was that made a big. What I tried to say is that the team became compact again with the ball. The the team the team became together again, and we were really balanced. The moment we didn't suffer counter attacks, how we suffered them before. Soms is a little change and uh, is enough to not a uh, little, but uh, a change like that enough for players to feel free again and to uh, to feel comfortable. Because the worst thing is if you're you're not you. The difference before three three and the system, the system we're now speaking about is that when you lose the ball and they can counter attack, the counter pressing doesn't work. That becomes doubt in your team, and doubt is the worst thing in football. No, it's the so the clearness and the success in the in the in the moments you want to play, what you want to see is so important. And on that moment, we found that balance and we found success again. And with this, everybody was like. <sighs> A counter press is working. We uh, Ibu doesn't have to sprint like six meters, and it still happens, of course, but not with each ball we lose. So yeah. So it was you who suggested it to Jurgen. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but we did what I said already in the in the before. Um, uh, we we the year before we already moved them more often inside on the ten on, the, but in a much flexible way. Uh, but now we felt like we felt like we need to do something. What uh, what can uh, yeah that was. Uh, that was cool. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. When these things work out. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't lose my salary. That's more important. <laughs> Is it similar to what Manchester City did with Stones then? I know they've got different characteristics, yeah. those two players, yeah. but obviously he did the move inside as yeah. well. Yeah, uh, the uh, differences, no, but this, I think it's from the same logic, no, that you want. Look, 
when he had Bobby Firmino, he connected everything. He was the first nine. We all, who made us us, who was like the soul of our team, who was the one who, who glued, we call it a magnet, however you want to call it, but he was the one who made always even a, not a good build-up, a good one, because he connected, the, he linked the midfield with the attack, and that's why Sadio and Mo could be Sadio and Mo. And then with time, you start missing this, so you have to find new solutions, but still with the same principle. You want a build-up where you create doubt, where you can control the centre. Kruijf said it really well, Mo, if you dominate midfield, and midfield at that time is in a different way than in this time, but if you dominate midfield, the oldest football rules are still the best ones. If you dominate midfield, you will dominate the game. So you ser- you have to search for that in a way. That at least that's how I see it. I I was I was l- lucky that I was born in a country of of Kruif, no, in a country where he he was able to shock a nation in terms of how he taught and he. Uh, yeah, some brains just work different, but that's a different discussion. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but uh, so um, uh, Stones does it in a very easy, simple, quick pass, top, unbelievable. What a what a development he makes. Yeah. But yeah, that's why that's what I like. Um, even when maybe you have a similar dynamic, each team is completely different because of the individual characteristics. You no, know? Trent Alexander-Arnold is trying to place passes. He he sees passes the stadium didn't see when just before he receives the ball. And I really believe that this freedom, this street, this individualism, this uh, how can you say this technique, this that that freedom has to be present in the game. That has to be otherwise these um, the unpredictability, the spont- spontaneity. Mm-hmm. How do you say so it? It, yeah. it? It doesn't happen. So that's also something we really want to stimulate in the games and. Trend or uh, John, it's different, no. But yeah, they won the Champions League. They play an unbelievable season again. They only feel that sometimes they get better. I, I, but sometimes the uh, some solutions are born after difficulty. No, I think that Guardiola only found out. But I'm not hundred percent. But only put John, uh, stones there because of uh, he didn't have the fullback to go inside anymore no so i don't know but so do you have to keep evolving the style to keep the opposition yeah. guessing yeah yeah of course yeah yeah but i believe that with with the unpredictability you always have to have guessing no so um, look uh, opposition analyzes from a, in each club in the premier league from a very high level so teams know how you're going to uh, what your ideas are, what the, the, the difference is made and it's always it will be 50 years ago it will be now is a the, the coach has a big impact but the players, the players, they, uh, the individual quality, they make absolutely a difference. We say that, uh, for example, uh, the difference between a good team and a top team is the quality of your front three, for example. The, the piano players, the ones who, <laughs> who make music, the, the ones who create. Our podcast sponsor, Huddle, can help change the way you see the game. More than 35,000 football teams across the world use their pro suite tools to combine video and data into powerful insights and winning strategies via one connected platform. Huddle also offers consultancy services for high performance sport with world-class experience and expertise in data management, player recruitment, and head coach search. For more information, go to huddle.com forward slash TGG podcast.
in your book you say our identity is intensity and I think you've got a, actually a picture of that of you in, within the training ground as well yeah we have it in our coaching office like yeah. in wood uh, says in wood and on the other side side says uh, together strong so these two things are really important for us. Yeah. Do you think the team lacked that intensity last season? It lacked, uh, it lacked the levels we reached before. Uh, it had not as much to do with opposition, in my opinion. It had really to do with us, like uh, what we, uh, the levels we reached in all game moments. And uh, uh, listen, um, uh, if you are used, but it's. I don't want to look back a lot, to be honest, but. Um, I read, uh, maybe it was your, your podcast here, but somebody said uh, in a podcast where I was listening over the summer, you only reach like peak performance, like performance nobody saw before if you go through real difficult periods. <laughs> so one thing is for sure, we went to real difficult periods last year. Um, so and but what I loved and what I still respect a lot is the, the passion on the training pitch never changed. The humbleness in the club never changed. Uh, it, it made us believe more and more how difficult it is to see each game as a final. And uh, yeah, how I started the podcast, if you every three days um, have to perform on a level where you have to win, League Cup, the year before, League Cup, uh, FA Cup, Champions League final, Premier League final, you lose the Premier League in the last 20 minutes of the game where Aston Villa was like <coughs> so then you lose the, uh, the the Champions League where you were a final is never it's always different no? because, but uh, you lose where you're good against Real not top but we could we had our we had enough chances to score Courtois was man of the match so, so this fatigue this um, this performing over and over over again and at the same time feeling that we need to reintroduce new players and we need to um, create new <laughs> a new team and uh, and then these things can happen and uh, um, this um, um, if I look back now it made us I, I hope I, I hope really that it made us it made us, it for sure it made us humble but um, yeah, it, we have to be ready again, no? and uh, that feeling never again. <laughs> yeah. And it must have been a very different feeling during this pre-season without uh, James Milner and Jordan Henderson, mm. who've been such key players. Yeah, and... yeah, I know, and big respect for them, and I cannot speak with more responsibility about James and Endor. They were our captains for since, since I'm here, so that was 10 years ago, 9 years ago, <laughs> 9 years ago. So... Um, yeah, they, but um, I really believe that um, that behind James, behind Millie and Hendo, there was such a strong other group with Allison, with Robbo, with Verge, yeah, uh, and the players. Some players left already. Um, uh, with Trent as a young one, with uh, Mo, with you see how many captains we have in our team, and um, yeah, I only can say is that they left a certain level of um, standards um, so example we have we have a bef uh, on our boot room where the players change uh, just before training when they go out there's a clock 
and normally James would be always there to see who goes out on time to control. And uh, James left, and I was thinking, okay, we have to do something with this club because. <laughs> so I put above it like, uh, how do I put? I put the quote. Uh, it's in the book as well. Standards are made by the ones who need to live them, just for the boys to understand that we all have to step up now when these boys leave. And uh, but uh, yeah, they mark the era. No, you could name the team. No, so it's. Uh, I'm I'm happy that they could leave with everything we won with the Champions League with the Premier League after 30 years that, and there's a moment for all of us that uh, that we that we will leave this beautiful club, <laughs> but um, um, one thing is for sure we marked an era I think and uh, in terms of our style and with Jurgen and with all these boys because uh, you can name uh, in 20 years time you can name the team who played so that's. Uh, that's important, yeah. And you talked about the piano players. Uh, maybe sometimes people don't recognise the work done by the t- three midfielders behind them when they're playing so high up yeah. the pitch. That's a lot of pressure, isn't it? And a lot of work for those players. Yeah, you need to, yeah that's why I said the block is really important. But you cannot underestimate uh, so, uh, how we say the front three. They have to defend five or six players of the opposition. So they, they need really to... To feel the moments, to and not ABC, we go like this or like that or like. Of course, we have s- small principles and small dynamics, but uh, what's more important is that they they really believe that uh, we try to win the ball as high as possible and uh, that we can cause not 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 that that if we play in this way that they can have so much more the ball higher up the pitch and that's what you have as a coach you have to let them believe or not let them believe that it is the case and how they work together their connection between them their cooperation their levels of adjusting to each other and that that uh, that's why I love Saki you know because the way he drilled his teams in a completely different system but it marked a lot of coaches but this drilling of a, a, a front three um, but always with the idea that we want to stay in the position half, that we want to use it to attack. It is, it's always we defend to attack, and uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's what I, I yeah, they have to believe in. Yeah, and of course the three behind them or the seven behind them, I think is always you cannot see them separate, but uh, they need to they need to wait but want. <laughs> they need to. Um, open the gap a little bit to defend uh, the players and uh, and the fullback needs to be ready to uh, leave his man and uh, to jump to the to the fullback more left for example if that makes sense yeah. yeah and you think the rondos are a great way of training that that philosophy as a, uh, yeah i i i rondos have a lot of good things i i really um it's not just rondos but um example today the counterpass rondo top uh, we have different rondos for everything what we want to do. So, example, today was counter-press, so we played a counter-press rondo before. Um, what I like is that I really believe that the play has to be with all he has into the session, with everything, like not just the legs, not just the lungs, not just the, the feet, like the brain, like the, the, the heart, the... And I believe you can only achieve that with big inspiration from somebody above, so say Jürgen or when, but or with competition. And that's why I love 
to go back to the old days when they were seven, eight, nine, ten. So uh, where it was like uh, winners stay on the street, the finals, like tournaments, and so. The rondo has this because the better you attack, you keep the ball, you don't go in the middle. For example, and these things, that principle of uh, that the player for 60 or for 75 or for 90 minutes has to be 100% concentrated, only that's a way to uh, develop. With the style, the style where I really believe that our style develops our players because they are enforced to take more initiative, they are enforced to be more unpredictable, they are forced to press more, to counter-press more, so that will create a certain development. Um, it forces this development and uh, competition, and competition can be in a simple rondo that, okay, you're not good, you go inside, uh, and then you can play with all different kinds of things. But that's what I like with the counter-press rondo as well. Three teams, if you don't play, you have to defend, if, you're not, if you cannot, and then how they start talking to each other, or we call it our identity game. It's uh, three teams competing over a whole pitch where two teams play each other and the other team is waiting on the other half. So one team is always defending the halfway line and attack the goal. And one team is defending the goal and attacking the halfway line. When they pass the halfway line, they play against the team there. And I loved this principle of you need to earn the right to, to, to attack more by defending top and uh, that's what I, that principle is present in each exercise, in each exercise. So, and that's why we, I, how I try them to feel the street, <laughs> to feel, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. We always say, no, um, the 30% we don't have the ball, that's where we should be different than all other teams in the league. And uh, that 30%, you can stimulate by these kind of things. And now, uh, I, I asked Jürgen what the budget was last year, like, because we have a budget to try to do things in the building and or to have these neuroscientists in or a team dinner or that doesn't cost a lot, but <laughs> or um, a presentation from somebody. So we have this budget and he said, oh, have to, he said, I would love to buy it. Uh, I would love to build a Gaiola. Uh, it's like a street pitch. But it has to be natural grass, the same grass, exactly deso pitch as we have. So we have now a 20 by 40 pitch with boarding on natural grass with sprinklers so they can water it before. Big goals, big goals, only to train uh, this, uh, this offensive aggression because, and to block and to, but, and we play on this, we call it the Melwood Arena. <laughs> I asked the players, how should we call it? So with boarding, with nets, so the ball doesn't go out, it's constantly in play, 5v5, and three teams, winner stays on, go long, go off. If you're, if you're not good with your team out, you don't deserve to play. And what I see in these moments, or with the identity game with the three teams, what we played yesterday, 5v5v5, box to box, with the midfield line, what I just explained, and then I took them to the Gaiola, to the Melwood Arena, to play three teams of five, winner stays on. And what you see there, the, um, the, 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 the creation, the, the, the type of goals, it just blows my mind. And that's what I, but that all comes back to what I try to say is that the whole body needs to be in the session. Yeah. The whole body. And then you stress the defensive part, the 30%, like the pressing, the counter pressing, the throw and press, the high press, the goal kick press. 
but that 30%, that's why we want to be different then. So you need to create exercises where they have to feel that the better they, you attack, the less you have to defend. And when you defend really well, you can attack uh, much more. And uh, so that comes from the Rondo idea, yes. When did you open that Melwood Arena? Uh, this season. Oh. So, uh, the, uh, yeah, we built it. Uh, it took a while to build it. It cost a lot of money. <laughs> but we had a good budget, so that was cool. And Jürgen, in these moments, is brilliant, no? Yeah, you, I tell him the idea, like, this is what I want because of this, this and this. I really believe that we need to be better in the final third, like, more creative. In the small space, we need to hold the ball better. We can, we can develop 100 exercises, but the best thing would be if we create the street. Did you actually design it then? Did someone yeah. come and build it? Yeah, yeah we designed it ourselves. Oh, so Melwood Arena, and on the other ones, the, on the one side it says Melwood Arena, and the other side, on the other side said, and Vito made this quote, this place belongs to the ones who only have winning in their mind. <laughs> Long quote of the whole 40, uh, 40 meters depth and... Uh, yeah, it comes from Porto, no? Uh, because at Port Porto we said uh, we love the ones who hate to lose. And this culture, this club culture, this winning institute created by Pinto de Costa many, many, many years ago and the, with the values and with the, everything that comes with it. Um, uh, yeah, we, that mentality of winning and uh, conquering and... Uh, never giving up uh, that's something you need this hunger this passion I remember I did a story a few years ago about AZ Alkmaar and they had opened a similar thing like street football I yeah. think they called it a playground yeah. but I've not heard it at senior level but players still need to have fun don't they even at senior level and enjoy yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah you need to stimulate something so there's always a tactical idea behind and each thing we do there's a tactical idea behind so with the bips or the block or the identity game, defending the halfway line. How do you? So the, there's always a tactic. I was, uh, I called the, I always put in each exercise uh, one rule. What, what, and you can play free, but this one rule makes it extra. So it could be defending the halfway line. Could be that the goal only is allowed when you push over the halfway line with all players and moving together. But all you can, your own creativity is the limit. No. The important thing is that the, the it's natural grass. It has to, you cannot. The problem with seniors is that uh, if you build it, you have to build it with exactly the same pitch as Anfield. Mm -hmm. So we have our training pitch as Anfield. Uh, oh, another thing today. So I asked for pitch C. So we have pitch A. What's the distance of Anfield? Pitch B is the distance of uh, Anfield as well. So two pitches. We mainly train that. Pitch C is like a bigger pitch. So the Brighton Stadium, for example. So we do our minus one, minus three before the game. We do there because distances are bigger, so the players feel... Uh, anyway, So, but we don't use it. We don't rehab uses it. So I said to Jürgen, I have this idea that we should create a set-piece pitch. So today, after training, we did uh, 75 minutes. We went for 15 minutes to there, and what I created was like... On the whole pitch, four uh, boxes, so four uh, areas, goalkeeping areas, uh, with a with a net between them, everyone, and I set up like on on uh, on one side they are uh, training only in corners, in swingers, mm -hmm. and both sides I have this basketball net, but not to to go. Um, how do you say? 
uh, it goes horizontal. Yeah, yeah so yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So you hit it. So yeah. I put it in a position where I won't try to hit it. The in swingers, then a group f- wide free kicks with uh, on the other box only wide free kicks, on the box only penalties and uh, direct free kicks, and then a finishing in the D, a finishing exercise, and then I just swap the players for 15 minutes. Okay, you do now four free kicks, like uh, from the right side. Now four penalties. And the third penalty, you have to say to the goalie where you're going to shoot. Really training the high, and the concentration levels are insane, and the banter, banter as well, of course. But uh, it's, it, it's we have a set piece pitch now. So if you we try to innovate in these ways, yeah, with the Gaiola, with the Melwood Arena, with the set piece pitch. Because what I hear from some players and coaches is that sometimes the fun can be taken out of it at senior level. So like they do the well-being questionnaires. Yeah. They do the warm-ups, they do the analysis, that you know, and the fun goes. Yeah. And you just, just got to keep that. Up. Just competition. You don't need more. And there will be fun and there will be... And they go to next level. Because I believe that football is about honour. We want to win prizes. And, but the main thing is honour. You want to be the best who you can be, no? But like, because how can I inspire Mo Salah, no? After how many games that that? But I put Mo Salah in the identity game. And I tell Mo, you pick six players. And then I say to Trent, you pick six players. And I, and I say to Virgil, you pick six players. And we play 77 identity game. You know how it goes. You know how it goes. Uh-huh. <laughs> they train with a knife between the teeth. Uh-huh. They train with... You reach levels. You cannot reach without that. So I, I try to play with the honor of the players a lot. Uh, they don't know, but <laughs> that's what I try to do. Because that's the only way to improve. They have to... Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, and of course, that would be like. But I can also put example. I, I I put the. I find it really hard to train the midfield three with the front three in a way without the line. For so example, the identity game. I make uh, the midfield three. So say, Maka, Dominique, and uh, Cody. Our last game. I take that. And then Mo, Jota, and Luis Diaz. These six together. Okay, and I take them. And then you're going to take the other group. But, okay, I take these six and I say, okay, you guys are going to play against eight. Two teams of eight. And you're going to defend the halfway line. And now you six have to work together that and you steal balls. And at the same time, you have to defend the halfway line. And I make, for example, a gate in the halfway line so for the other team to make it a little bit harder. But six against eight. And then you already train the principle of three are responsible with the identity game. If you don't, If it doesn't work, out. You're not playing, and the other two teams of eight play on the other side of the pitch, eight v eight, blah blah, and then they come, and then they have to do. So uh, you can work a lot of things inside your structure in a really compet- uh, competitional, and then you you correct the ones who don't move in a coordinated way, or then you correct the ones who don't apply the principles in the right way, and then the six they have to play against attack against eight, and you have to keep the ball in situations and you have to create by dribbling or by outplaying and uh, uh, instead of the six is always free the six is under pressure and still you cannot play backwards you need to find the pass for more and behind so you stimulate this individual development at the same time that's what i like about coaching that's what i like about preparing trainings thank you for listening to the training ground guru podcast in association with huddle we'll be back next month with another episode In the meantime, you can follow our latest updates on the website and on Twitter at ground underscore guru.